This is Live Well Talk on transcatheter aortic valve replacement. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at St. Luke's Hospital. Aortic stenosis or narrowing of the aortic valve of the heart is one of the most common and serious valve conditions a patient may suffer, that is according to the American Heart Association. Return to the podcast today for the 100th episode, this historic uh, episode on Live Well Talk on, is Dr. Arif Ben Abdulak cardiologist with St. Luke's Heart and Vascular Institute and St. Luke's Cardiology to talk about the newest valve replacement procedure, transcatheter aortic valve replacement, or as affectionately known, TAVR. Welcome back for this historic episode. What is the most common cause of aortic stenosis in the United States? The most common cause is the degenerative aortic valve stenosis, meaning with the aging process, minerals, mainly calcium, get deposited in the valve, and that will end up having restriction in the valve movement and eventually narrowing of the valve. As the valve narrows, you know, I, th- I don't think, could you explain why that's significant? It is very significant for too many reasons. The, the obvious reason, it can shorten the patient's life and it can also result in suffering beside the shortening of um, life expectancy and heart failure symptoms and um, decrease the patient's quality of life as well. Okay. What symptoms would the patient have for that? The classic symptoms are chest pain, fainting or passing out, and shortness of breath. Those are the three cardinal symptoms that are typically presented in patients with what we call it severe aortic valve stenosis. And is this, Arif, is this... predominantly a disease of the elderly, or can younger people have aortic stenosis? That's a very good question. Um, It depends on what we call the etiology, but certainly younger patients in their 50s and 60s, if they do have what we call a bicuspid aortic valve, meaning typically the aortic valve has three cusps or three leaflets. Some people, they were born with only two leaflets, and when the valve has only two leaflets, the valve tend to degenerate faster. So certainly people in their 50s and their 60s, they may have the aortic valve stenosis. And outside the United States and other parts of the world, they may have a rheumatic aortic valve stenosis, which is obviously less prevalent here, but they may have it at a younger age as well. Yeah. The good rule of thumb is if they're born after 1944, the chance of rheumatic heart disease goes down dramatically. Because why? Penicillin. Correct. So that valve becomes stenotic or narrowed, right? Previously, the option was cut the chest open, put either a mechanical or a, a pig valve, bioprosthetic. But now we have something else called the TAVR. Can you explain what that is? Sure. Yeah, absolutely right. Like 20 years ago, this problem, like just one step back, the aortic valve stenosis is a mechanical problem. There's no pills that will treat this, this issue. And in the past, like 20 years ago, the only option is an open heart surgery, bypass machine, then replacing the valve with either bioprosthetic valve or mechanical valve. Now, in the last maybe 10 years or so, with the advances in technology, we are able to replace the valve through the catheter, either from a small incision in the groin, going to the uh, groin blood vessels to the heart, or if the groin is not suitable, we can use what we call an alternative axis. Sometimes we have to go from the neck, sometimes we have to go from the arm, with the valve being cramped on the catheter to the native aortic valve, then 
positioning the valve in the spot that we would like it to be, then expanding the valve with the catheter. And for most parts, if everything went very well, patient, we can send them home next day. Wow. Because previously it require extended ICU stay, extended hospitalization, cardiac rehab after having open heart surgery to replace the valve, correct? That's pretty correct. And in my training, especially with the COVID-19 pandemic, we sent few patients home the same day. Wow. And for the viewers of the broadcast today, the episode, we, we will have a diagram of the tavern. And it is, it is worth looking at. It's really interesting. I, when I always I see these innovative procedures, I always think, wow, who's the first patient? First of all, who's the doctor that thought of it? You know, I'm always like, man, that is so impressive. And then it's also, well, who's the first patient said, yeah, I'll, you can try that on me. You know, I always I always wonder about that. But I mean, I mean, one of the I know we have some other drugs, but they're not indicated for valve disease. But one of the things that patients and, and their physicians just dread or or not one of their favorite things to do is put someone on Coumadin or Warfarin or rat poisoning, as some patients would call that. Now, do you need Coumadin after you take, after you have a TAVR procedure? No. Um, if there is no other in indication for the anticoagulant, meaning a Coumadin or a Coumadin-like medication, we don't need it. Most of the time, we, uh, we prescribe the baby aspirin and additional blood thinner, like for six months, then they will be in the baby aspirin um afterward now there are some studies that has showed maybe just a baby aspirin is enough but that's not a practice has been widely used at least here in our institution and i think you're being a little humble here first of all you did a fellowship in structural heart disease you're very well trained from that standpoint but also st luke's just recently recognized as a center of excellence for taver correct that is correct and yeah. we are very proud of that achievement and just to add to the good news, and we have had a patient a um, few months ago that she basically ran out of the access. There is no other options of doing the transcatheter uh, replacement other than what we call it a transcaval access. We were the first in Sidorabis area, at least, to perform this procedure. Wow. And now you do partner with our cardiothoracic surgeons. They're part of the team. What is their role? So the procedure, we do the procedure together, like an yeah. interventional cardiologist and a cardiothoracic surgeon, by the regulation, they have to be in the room together doing the procedure. Sometimes we share the tasks and we work very uh, collaboratively together, like the interventional cardiologist may do the axis and the, the cardiac surgeon will deploy the valve or the other way around, but we work very closely as a team. Okay, now if I'm a patient, and I have aortic stenosis, and I know that. What, when would I be considered for the 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 TAVR as opposed to open heart surgery or just simply observation? Very good and time questions. The American Heart Association, American College of Cardiology, has released just a few months ago, I think a few weeks ago, um, a new updated guidelines that for most part, provide us with a roadmap, which patient will need to go for maybe an open surgery and which patient will go for a transcatheter. And it's extremely important also, we take the patient decision and interest into consideration. If the patient is relatively young and or young, 50s, 60s, and there's no much of prohibitive surgical risk, I would prefer them, they have an open heart surgery and replace the valve. If the patient is above the age of 65, 70, 
And especially if there is a lot of comorbidities, maybe replacing the valve with the transcatheter approach is, is, the, is the better way to go. But uh, the decision process is not an easy and it involves a hard team decision and will take the patient's interest and consideration also into account. So does the TAVR, it improves the symptoms of the stenosis. Does it also extend life of the patient? Absolutely. Okay. Well, first, if the patient has um, severe symptomatic aortic stenosis, there is no role for just an observation. Just back to your question. Uh, when they reach to the severe stage, and especially with symptoms, the aortic valve needs to be replaced, of course, if the patient is interested in the procedure. And the procedure per se, tablets as well as SAVR, but TAVR, since our talk is about TAVR specifically, it is just not only for symptoms relieved. It's also for um, uh, a survival benefit. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, I mean, in my 25 years of practice, I've certainly had those patients that weren't surgical candidates for aortic stenosis. And, you know, their, their, their life was miserable between bouts of flash pulmonary edema and, you know, their functional capacity was really limited. So this, this is something that is, this is a big deal, isn't it? It is, indeed. Well, hey, thank you for taking time out today to talk about this. I think it's really exciting, and we look forward to Taver Tuesdays, kind of like Taco Tuesday, if you're old enough to remember that. But again, the discussion today was transcatheter aortic valve replacement, or TAVR, and this is Dr. Arif Ben Abdullah, cardiologist with St. Luke's Cardiology and St. Luke's Heart and Vascular Institute. Thank you, my friend. Thank you for having me again. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.